0: From the California Academy of Family Physicians, this is The Talk, a podcast about end of life patient care. In this episode, lessons in cultural sensitivity and family dynamics.
1: Family disagreements are fairly common in palliative care, and families, of course, are complex, and people have different views about end of life, different cultural views. Family comes in and You're talking to them about, okay, the patient is dying soon. This may be your last visit. And they'll say, well, don't tell him he's dying. We don't want him to know that. And the patient has already told you, don't tell my family I'm dying because I don't want them to know that.
0: Physicians share lessons on ways to foster communication and diffuse family conflict in their patient's final days. Families respond to the news that their loved one is dying in many different ways. Conflicts over the patient's medical care can threaten family unity at a time when the patient needs them most. Solar practitioner Lisa Thompson invites the patient's family to get together for a serious talk. She schedules the meeting for a time when everyone who wants to participate can. That ensures that everyone gets the same information at the same time.
2: I always start by thanking everyone for being there. And then I say, and you know, we're all here to help this person, my patient, your loved one. And we all have this commonality. We all care about this person. So everyone here has a right to say what they think is important to make sure that this person gets the best care and their wishes are met for what's to
0: come. Giving each person an equal chance to speak creates an atmosphere of inclusion where people feel safe to open up says Lowell Kleinman, Director of Palliative Care at Memorial Care Medical Group near San Diego.
1: What I typically do is, of course, listen to the patient's story first. I get permission from the patient to hear from the other family members. And then I go around the room and ask people a similar question. Can you tell me in your view, through your eyes, what's been going on? And what are some of the questions that you might have?
0: It's not unusual for one person to try to dominate the discussion or hold up the conversation by refusing to
2: participate. Thompson says it's important to address that situation right away. And I implore all those physicians who are in those situations, do your best and try to embrace the outlier and bring them into the group. That generally deflates them and makes them much more cooperative. Again, Lowell Kleinman.
1: When there are significant disagreements, it's important to find the common thread. For example, there may be disagreements about the phrase do everything versus Mom would not want that, but it would be typically a common agreement that everyone in the room agrees that mom does not want to suffer. So I try to find the commonality, the shared agreement, and then I build from there.
0: Another common scenario is when the patient's proxy or surrogate lives far away from the rest of the family. Medical ethicist Steve Heilig
1: one of the general rules we found is that unfortunately the farther the surrogate is away from your actual bedside and experiencing what somebody is going through at the end of their life the more likely they seem to be in general to request and demand continued care more care intensive care for multiple reasons because but primarily because they don't want to be the one to make those tough choices
0: Retired family physician Bo Greaves encourages doctors to show patience and empathy for family members, especially when they sense resistance, denial, or anger.
1: And the more we can understand that and kind of empathize with and say, I really feel how hard this is. It's so hard to see your mother approaching death. And we may not be able to talk about it today, and that's fine.
0: Doctors can use body language and eye contact to keep the patient at the center of the discussion.
1: When there are others in the room, I make sure my eye contact is mostly on the patient. For older patients
0: in particular, it's very important to look at the patient so that they can read your lips if they're having any difficulty with hearing. Christine Ritchie is a geriatrician and palliative care expert at UCSF. And it's also important to be in a quiet setting where there's not so much background noise that honestly half of what's being said is not being heard. Every time she gives the patient new information, she asks them to repeat it back to her. This can help the physician adjust what they say to fit the patient's education level, familiarity with medical terms, and their fluency in English. Many family physicians in California communicate with their patients in at least one other language. At Kaiser Medical Center in Bakersfield, Michelle Kiyogi serves a large number of farm workers who only speak Spanish. But once I start communicating with them and they see that I really do speak Spanish fluently, you can see them relax and then many times they'll say, I'm so glad I can explain myself because I have a hard time in the past. Saying exactly what's going on with me through a translator. If the provider is truly bilingual, it's absolutely true that direct communication is best. Johanna Parker is a Spanish language medical interpreter for Stanford Healthcare. Parker says speaking the patient's language is not the same as knowing what words mean in that person's cultural context. For example, Parker always uses the English word for hospice. There is a cognate for the word hospice in Spanish that is hospicio. However, that word doesn't have the same meaning or connotation. In some countries, it means kind of a medical refuge for people who have nowhere else to go, and nobody would ever send their family member there if it would be like they were dumping them.
2: I try to take a cultural humility approach.
0: Chris Flores, a family doctor in Palm Desert.
2: Cultural humility is a position of accepting that we can never really master the knowledge of another culture because individuals are so diverse and different, and get to know the patient that's in the room with us, their values, their perspectives, their
1: spirituality.
0: Palliative Care Chaplain, Lavera Crawley.
2: I practiced family
1: medicine on the Navajo Indian Reservation, and I had to learn the taboos and the cultural etiquette and the general beliefs and values of that community.
0: Then I returned to the Bay Area, I met a woman who was Navajo, born, raised here, was very urban, and was a practicing Buddhist. Crawley says physicians need to be comfortable asking patients about their spiritual beliefs and find out if there's a ritual or practice that's meaningful for them. When
1: you're talking about the realm of death and dying, those existential issues move to the forefront. If you're not religious or wouldn't think of yourself as spiritual in general, you're
0: still human. And you can meet the patient where they are at their humanness, at those existential issues. That personal relationship is at the core of family practice. A patient of Lisa Thompson's, we'll call him Robert, wanted to visit his farm in Montana one last time. When his family insisted that he was too frail to travel, Dr. Thompson stepped in.
2: And I look at everyone else, and I look at Robert. Robert, not only should you go to Montana, you deserve to go. The wife pipes up and says, there's no way. We can't get the oxygen there. We can't carry it. There's not enough oxygen. I said, I will make some phone calls and make sure that you have plenty of oxygen for your trip. Well, the son couldn't get the time off. He's the one that has to carry the oxygen. I said, okay, let me talk to your boss. So by the time we finished the office appointment, we all had a trip planned to Montana.
0: Catherine Forrest, medical director at Stanford HealthCare in Los Altos, says before guiding a patient and their family through this phase of life, the physician needs to make peace with their own mortality. When you face the end of your life, are
2: you clear what might that entail? Have you really faced that with family members so that you can, without any kind of judgment and with curiosity and interest and compassion, be present and a guide through this most amazing time period in someone's life.
0: For more information on effective communication with patients and their families, please visit our website at familydocs.org slash EOL. Episode four of the talk dives into California's new end of life option law, its requirements, responsibilities, and safeguards, and the range of alternatives that patients need to know. The talk is brought to you by the California Academy of Family Physicians. It's produced by Deirdre Kennedy, edited by Kate Nitza and Kat Snow, audio editing help from Michael Johnson. Our theme music is written and performed by Big Score Audio. I'm Deirdre Kennedy.